Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me to Mark 11. Mark 11:23. We've been in this passage for the last two weeks. I want to go back here, but I also want to maybe take a little bit different direction with it and give some instruction. I always think it's good to, it's never wrong to start in Mark 11. <laughs> Mark 11, 23, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. This instruction is coming because Jesus had approached the fig tree, and it was not producing the fruit it was supposed to be producing. Uh, And Jesus, no, he wasn't angry, but he took this opportunity at the development of his disciples to teach one of the greatest lessons Uh, that he was going to teach them, and that is your words. The words from your mouth carry with it the authority, the God-given authority to move, to change, and to direct any circumstance in your life. You are no longer having to move because of circumstances. Circumstances move because of you. Amen? And uh, in looking at this passage, I had been meditating on these things and and just this passage, but God kind of, he didn't redirect me, but he said something to me, and I I shared it with the Bible school this week. And I was meditating it on on this passage, going going to maybe go in the direction of uh, prosperity and finances to kind of focus a little bit on that. Uh, We all need finances, correct? Uh, We all have needs. We all not only have needs, but don't focus on your needs. My goodness, what is it that your heart desires? Whatsoever you desire when you pray. And I was meditating on it. Father, I want to help us with our desires. Getting You said whatever you desire when you pray, believe. Father, help us in our believing with our desires. How can we be of a help with people and their their desires and and the things that they're facing? And I was meditating on this for the area of specifically a finance, and God said to me, the Spirit said to me, God's plan is not just for us to believe and call for prosperity, but to develop for it. I mean, I just... Stopped right there. Yes, sir. You know, I'm, I'm looking how to teach, and teaching on prosperity is correct. And teaching on, Dad Hagen gave us the instruction that Jesus gave him, when you have a need, and you know that need, you tell the devil to take his hands off, 
the money or the resources we could say that you need to loose it and let it go. And then you release those ministering spirits, those angels sent. You send them out. You assign them to cause the money to come in that you need that the devil. Because we are still, the law of sin and death is still in operation. And we're not afraid of it. But we know, according to this scripture, that there is no mountain that the law of sin and death can put in front of us that can stand in our way. But what God was saying is, you have to develop yourself to a place that you have every confidence that when you speak, nothing will be in your, can stay in your way. And this is what happens is we get the revelation to call for things, to speak for things. Uh, some would critically say, name it and claim it. What they don't realize is Jesus was the one who led us to that instruction. And, uh, but God was showing me God's plan is not just for us to believe and call for prosperity, but to develop ourselves for it. So this morning, and until further notice, it may be just this morning, it may be longer than this morning, I want us to develop for prosperity. Can we do that? Can we get into a place where we are developing ourselves? Uh, because people who develop themselves to be prosperous have something to offer everyone. If you're just interested in prosperity, you have nothing to offer the one who's sick. If you're just interested in money, you have nothing to offer the depressed. You have nothing to offer the one who needs a miracle physically. If you are just interested in money, you will have nothing to offer the one who is suicidal. But if you will develop yourself, if you're interested in your spiritual development, your mental, not a carnal development, but a mental renewing of it, taking your mind and doing something with it, then you will have something to offer everybody. Because Peter and John said in Acts chapter 3, silver and gold have I none, but what I have will prosper you for the rest of your life. You can be to a place that your development in God, in your heart, in your mind is to such a degree that whatever somebody needs, you have the offer. But if you're just interested in money, it's very difficult when the sights are set on the things of this world and the stuff and the I want and the, you know, how can I get it? And sometimes it can be under the the, the guise of, well, I want to be a blessing. We can develop to such a place that no matter what somebody's facing, we can be their blessing in their life no matter what the need. Amen. This is what true prosperous thinking is. God, I want to be a blessing no matter what the need. I don't want to just be rich. I want to be a blessing. God's prosperity plan, is com it comes through the blessing of Abraham. Notice what it says, the blessing, the blessing, the blessing makes us rich, has healed us, has delivered us, set us free. So if we can develop to live in the blessing, then money's easy. Money is easy. Um, so when he made that statement, the plan is not just for us to believe and call for prosperity, but to develop for it. I want to develop for it. 
says in, uh, in, in over in the Gospels of John that, that he wrote, Beloved, I wish above all things, right? Above all things, that thou prosper and be in health, but even, even as thy soul prospers. Thy soul prospers. He says, I want you to prosper and be healthy, but I want you to develop first. Let prosperity develop as you develop. Let healing develop as you develop. God's interested in you. You know, I told the Bible school students, I said, so often, you know, we hear so often, my call, my call, my call. Oh, my call. What's your call? What's God called you to do? What's God called you to do? Well, I don't know if I can be friends with you because I have this call and you have that call. I believe it has also contributed to the dating crisis that we are currency, currently experiencing. <laughs> I'm not looking at you, brother, for any reason. <laughs> You know, when I met my husband, I love what, what John Osteen said. He said in, in one of his sermons, he said, they said, were you going to go to counseling? He said, I don't need counseling. I need Dodie. <laughs> Meaning, I, saw the, I see the woman I want, and that's just all I need right there is her. <laughs> you know, when my husband and I met, we just enjoyed talking to him. We just enjoyed hanging out. We enjoyed talking on the phone. We had fun. I, I don't tell you, I said, my husband's quiet, but he's never boring. That's for sure. And so I, I, I said, I, I wasn't looking so far and so, you know, misty eye down the road. We never talked about our calls. That didn't come up in conversation when you're 20 years old. We both knew we had one, but it just seemed right you know that everything just kind of fit and we gave it a chance to just kind of let it fit and work out and everybody saw fit that it was right and here we are 15 years later but sometimes we can get so wrapped up uh in calls and i said to the students you are not a pond where it's all about your call and god moves us here and he moves us here and you got to be you know this isn't a chess game where we're trying to defeat the enemy he is defeated and God has blessed us with everything that heaven itself enjoys. And when we develop spiritually, we better know how to enjoy these things. And we don't become like robots. I got to get blessed. I got to get healed. I got to, you know. A king doesn't. A king knows one who rules with authority. He knows his assignments, but he's not controlled by them. He knows his assignments, but he's not controlled by them. He controls them. Yeah. Amen. When you develop spiritually, you become in charge of every assignment that God puts on your life, and you, you can do it from a place full of him. It's his call, his assignment. If we'll focus on getting full of him, it'll be easy to fulfill the call and the assignment. Too often we get our eyes on the assignment and the call and get our eyes off of him. This is what I see, uh, you know, have seen before with businesses. People, they, they know the assignment is to become uh, someone that is going to fund the gospel, but they get their eyes on the funding and off the gospel. Developing ourselves means our eyes are always on the gospel and the funding that 
will come with it is God's part. Amen? Then we can handle any amount of funding that comes. We have enlarged ourselves to God's thinking and God's capacity, and we can receive at God's level. You know, God is to such a level, he could receive all mankind if all mankind would call on him. Amen? The enemy is going to fight the abundance of prosperity God has for his people. If you don't develop for it, you'll lose it, or you won't even know what to do with it when it comes. And I said, I had said this to the students. I said, the problem is, is people want prosperity, but when they don't develop for it, if it did come, they wouldn't even know what to do with it. They wouldn't know what to do. They wouldn't know where to put it, and they wouldn't know how to manage it. God is uh, all-knowing in the affairs of man. And so when something comes into man's hand, he's got all the knowledge and wisdom of how to do with what comes into our hands. So it's not about getting our eyes on what's in our hand. It's about keeping our eyes on him and letting him tell us what to do with what's in our hand. Amen? Amen. If we don't know him, we won't know what to do with what he brings in our hand, and it'll limit what he can bring to us. Amen? What's in you has the capacity to influence and direct what's around you. It, notice what he said. He, he says to me, he said it has the capacity. The capacity to influence and direct what's around you, or you can let what's around you direct and influence what's going to go in you. I'm not going to let what's around me be my influence and my great dictator, how I think, how I operate. The scripture says, uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You, we live in this natural realm, and that's going to decide. Much of that will try to determine and decide how you think and what you think. Our responsibility as believers in the, one of the first things when it comes to development, developing ourselves for prosperity, is going to be, number one, how we think. Not just what we think, how we think. How you and I decide we're going to think. The how is in, first of all, where we look to. When you're faced with a situation, when you're faced with needing to to, uh, initiate a response in any arena of your life, how you think, meaning is the word of God going to determine how you think? You act carnal. Like a carnal man, you'll receive like a carnal man. You think like a uh, uh, a heaven born being you'll receive from heaven this is how we think yes you have a a mind a natural mind but you can train that mind to think in line with heaven's words you can transform your mind to such a place that natural decisions are influenced by heaven directly from heaven itself So that when money comes into your hand, heaven 
can immediately, what do, what do we say by heaven? No, the heavens don't open up. You don't get a white light down. It's the instruction that comes. The Holy Spirit receives the instruction from the Father, bears witness with your spirit, and you take that heavenly instruction and you take with those finances and what God has asked you to do and you can immediately obey because you've trained yourself how to think. Sometimes it's training ourselves not to think, right? How to think is sometimes not thinking at all. Learning to shut this down. (laughs) Turn it off. Your mind can make so much noise that you miss the gentle leadings of the Spirit of God. We've all been there. We've all... And like Pat, I love, this was such a great example. And um, uh, we heard Dad Hagen, he would talk about, if you're thinking about it, then you're worrying about it. And I love the instruction that Pastor Nancy would give because it, it helped. I mean, just this one thing helped set me free. And she would say, uh, the longer you think about it and turn it over in the mental arena, the harder it is to hear that spiritual heavenly instruction of what to do. And you always picture, you just, you end up burying yourself in a hole of carnal thinking. And even to get the correct answer, you got to kind of get yourself out to a place where you can hear because you have thought about it, thought about it, thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. You know, before you know it, you're underground and not even at ground level. So, again, this goes back to how we think. Disciplining ourselves. Stop thinking that. Turn that off. Even if you don't have an answer, you turn that mind. You're to a place where your mind is renewed. You can immediately turn a thought off that is going to try to transform into a worry. Or that you turn a thought off that would get you off and direct you away from God's plan. Amen? Because like she said, at some point... As my husband says, if you thought about it more than, you know, two or three times and you you don't know what to do. So let's just stop right there because we don't know and stop going further in the direction of I don't know. And let's keep ourselves on neutral ground to where we can hear from the one who does know. Amen. We must make the word, God's word, final authority in our lives and in our character, the character. Um, I, again, we're, I think we're kind of just, I'm just kind of laying a little bit of a foundation here with this because um, in, in just meditating this morning, there was at least, I don't know how many infinite numbers of ways I wanted to go uh, and directions I wanted to go. But I want to uh, start with, because I, I'm not okay I'm not okay with, and my husband and I, we've talked about this. I'm not okay with Pastor Nancy, and if I can just talk plain with her going on uh, Victory Network and someone else, you know, and I'm not saying that it's wrong at all, but I'm not okay with somebody else and coming in or giving, because they see her on TV, giving and receiving what should, the harvest that should be ours. You understand what I'm saying? You and I are the first anointed to fund this ministry. And this is the direction I want to go this morning. 
we are first anointed. The blessing is first here. <laughs> and uh, in different ways, the blessing flows in different ways. Money is just one avenue. Money is just uh, one flow of the blessing and prosperity plan of God. But we are first called. We are first anointed. We first have a right to stand up and say, in my business first. In my business. In our family funding first. And I don't want any opportunity that God may have to bring increase for this ministry because the increase has to come through someone. The increase, the gospel does not get out. Even though Peter and John said, uh, silver and gold have I but such as I have give I thee, but they still had to have money. They weren't broke. You understand that. <laughs> Just because they didn't have something on them right then doesn't mean they didn't have something because from, you know, at that, that point and when God gave the assignment and said, you must go all over the world and preach the gospel, well, isn't that what we're endeavoring to do? And what does that take? It takes funds. Money in a righteous man's hands bring more righteous into the kingdom. It has the ability. Money in a righteous man's hands has the ability to bring more righteous into God's kingdom. But the key emphasis is righteous. Do we live righteous? Do we live right? Are we developed to such a place where God can bring any level to the degree of your character and your level of walking in righteousness is to the degree that you qualify for prosperity? Amen? God funds those who think most like him. It's how we think. How we think. And so I don't want any of those who own businesses, any of those who have opportunities for promotion, any of those who have a, a, a dream or a desire in their heart, I don't want any of us, uh, because of a lack of understanding, a lack of teaching, a lack of you know, knowledge of the Word of God, I don't want any one of us to come up short and not have the opportunity that we can have uh, be the first funders. Can we say that? I want to be first funders. <laughs> that when there is an assignment and there is a vision and there is a plan that God gives to Pastor Nancy and gives to this church, that we are the first funders and God does not have, he is so consumed with fulfilling his prosperity plan in each one of us because we are developed to receive it, that other people just have to get in line. You know what I mean? That one offering received at World Harvest Church takes care of. Whatever outreach needs, we can be to that place. We can get to that place. And, uh, well, go with me, if you would. Um, oh, I'm running out of time. <sighs> Let me just say this. I was thinking about when Jesus fed the multitude. 
They had a spiritual need that day, and they had a natural need that day, didn't they? Those people that were so hungry and so interested in what Jesus had to say, they came with great needs. They came with great wants, great desires. And for once, they had heard because of the anointing that was on him and what they had seen him do and what they had heard him say, they were so drawn to the word of God and to get their answer. However it is that they saw that they wanted to get their answer, whether, whether it was he, they wanted their children blessed or they wanted hands laid on them or they just wanted to sit at his feet and hear their teaching, they came with needs. But they had spiritual needs and now they approach a natural need. And notice this, Jesus did not have to go outside that company to meet the needs of that multitude. He did not have to go outside. He did not have to call You know, some wealthy donator, you know? We know wealthy women followed him and funded him. But what I see is he didn't have to call on them. I don't even know if they were there. He didn't have to call on a partner. He found the ability to meet everyone's need within those that were right there, those that had come. Who shows up first? We do. Who's here every week? We are. He's looking to get into your hands and through your businesses, and not only just through your businesses and with money, but through your abilities. Your abilities. One of those men, we know this, one of those disciples had tapped into an ability he had tapped in. He could have. He said, well, we had this little boy's lunch, but what is this for so many? Wait a second. Right then, he was about to step into a divine ability of taking and blessing what you see and it becoming a multiplication and ministering to all those around. What is in your hand today is enough if you will develop yourself to not go, well, I wish I had more. Bless what you have. Thank God for what you have and begin to develop. See, what happened is that one disciple had not quite arrived yet in his development. It wasn't that he couldn't have. It's that he wasn't developed yet. So Jesus had to show him, yes, you, you, you've gone part of the way. But let me show you what to do when you have something that doesn't look like it's enough. Here's what we do. We take what we have and we worship God with it. We bless him. We bring it before him. Character, developing ourselves, how to think like God into the place that increase. If, well, are your pursuits about things or godly prosperity? We have to ask ourselves that, first of all, in our thinking. Are our pursuits, are we pursuing the money or biblical prosperity? There's a difference. If you're not developed for increase, you're at a risk of not knowing what to do with it and not being able to keep it. If you're not developed for increase, 
you're at a risk of not knowing what to do with it and not being able to keep it. That means I don't, it, it doesn't really matter what you have to do. If you will develop, begin to develop yourself to think like God, talk like God, act like God. In every arena of your life, you're enlarging yourself to his capacity. You're living whatever capacity you're at right now is the capacity that you have grown to develop in him. And so what I told the Bible school students, I said, because the word of God is for all of us, we all have the ability to develop to the capacity that miracle signs and wonders can be flowing through us, uh, uh, divine ideas, divine supply. God is not limiting any one of us. Only we can limit ourselves. So if you feel a limit on you today, God did not put it there. We have equal opportunity to develop, to receive of a heavenly capacity that we have never seen before. That's why people, you can call for a new home, but if you don't have the discipline and the wisdom of how to maintain it, what happens? It loses its value. Loses it, it, it's not a blessing. Amen. In fact, it, it uh, you diminish your lack of development diminishes the very gift and the very opportunity. You can call for money and increase, but if you don't have the wisdom to manage it, what good is the money and where will you end up with it? And this is why we, we, we won't get into, I don't think, this morning, but this is why God was able to take Solomon. His father was already rich. He didn't grow up in poverty. He grew up in wealth. And God said, you have the ability to receive even greater wealth because of wisdom. Because of wisdom. It's development, not opportunity that we pursue and are hungry for. I'm going to say that again. It's development, not opportunity, that we should be pursuing. And How many times do we get our eyes on opportunity? Opportunity, opportunity. If I just had this opportunity, God, thank you, opening the doors, a financial opportunity. If the degree that you're asking him for, uh, the measure that you're asking for financial opportunity does not equal the degree of development and the time and the effort of personal development and character that you're putting in, it doesn't matter if the financial opportunities and the doors open and the finances come, you won't have the wisdom to do with it, maintain it, and flow with it that God has designed. And this is where people don't understand totally the prosperity message is because they just see the money side. But if we can look at the development side, we're developing ourselves. Say and see is absolutely right. But what about think and do? What about think and do? Your thoughts determine your actions. And your actions, you know what? Nobody gets a promotion just because they think good. 
right? On a job, nobody gets a promotion because they think real good. Why? It's because they think right, then they do right, and then their boss sees, oh, this person, their actions are blessing the company. Their words are blessing and helping, and we see increase. We see a, a better flow and a better way of what? Operating. No one gets a promotion on a job just because you sit and you look pleasant and you, you just show up. Increase won't come because you sit in a prosperity church and you show up. It's because when you leave, you're interested in your development. Those who get promotions on the job is because they let their thinking determine their acting and how much they're going to put in to where God has placed them and the opportunity that they have. And then somebody takes note and promotes them. Actions beget promotion, not calling. Not calling. Not calling just because you call for it, just because you want it, just because you ask for it. It's not going to come until you develop yourself for it. Whatever degree, those of you who have businesses, whatever degree of blessing that has come to your business, your company, what God has assigned you, whatever promotions you have, what you're walking in right now, it demonstrates, and I'm not saying this name, I'm just saying it shows the degree of the development. But the word of God allows us to take that ceiling higher and higher and higher and higher. Don't worry about, I didn't call enough for the money. Develop yourself for it. God will promote without you having to even apply for it. Aren't those the best promotions? You didn't even apply for it. You didn't even ask for it. And they came in and they said, my goodness, look at, look at all that you brought in. Look at how, how much increase you brought to the business. You have been faithful with the assignment given. And we just can't help, but we're going to raise your salary. And we're gonna... This is what God does when you're busy being occupied with him and developing in him. The promotion comes and you, you enlarge yourself to receive it and didn't even have to call for it. It will come to us first. You know what I'm saying? I am, I am zealous, jealous, whatever you want to call it, that our people in this congregation, that we are increasing. And boy, we, we got plenty of time till the end of the year. Plenty of time. That God does not have to Call on a partner first and praise God for partners. I am not, I'm a partner myself. So he can call on me as a partner or as a congregation member, whichever he so chooses. You know what I'm saying? Call me as a staff member, a ministry of helps. I'm just giving, I'm just making myself available in whatever arena he so wants to pick. But if you're a Sunday sitter, you're, you, you're not giving him a whole, much, whole lot to promote you in. God, promote me in serving. Promote you. <laughs> Somebody is getting it. You, 
listen, the best advertisement is divine advertisement. If you have a business, that's why you can't be Smith Wigglesworth. Running out of time. I cannot open that can. I cannot open that can. Uh, can I? Can I read you one thing? One thing. Okay. Smith Wigglesworth and his wife Polly had started a work at the Bradford Street Mission. And uh, her job was to, to, she said, you know, she was to um, draw the fish and he hooked them on the line. She preached and he, he worked with people one-on-one. He won the preacher. She was a preacher. And uh, he, they, God had, their whole story is so wonderful how they got together. Again, ain't nobody looking at nobody's call or nothing like that. They just met each other at the Salvation Army and they liked each other. And then they got married. And quit the Salvation Army. <laughs> and um, they were soul winners. And they were born again, but they were not filled with the Holy Ghost. And she, he had gotten the direction from God. He had had a real leading to this uh, kind of a needier neighborhood. And they started this mission there uh, on the Bradford Street uh, uh, in in. Um, their their town. And so as there, she's teaching and he would go to the back and he would be more one-on-one or he would win people to the Lord and he would work. He didn't talk a lot in front of people. You know, he, he had a difficult time speaking and they were working together, but he still had his plumbing business. And so he plumbed during the week and was an excellent plumber by trade. And it says to keep up with the work because there was a great freeze and there was many needs that had arisen, uh, much, much damage. Kind of like what you would imagine that went on with, you know, Texas in the Midwest this year. That was basically what had hit and caused so much damage that it kept him busy for the next two years. Listen, we're talking about increase, right? We're talking about de- developing ourselves. Mind you, they didn't have the teaching that we have. To keep up with the work, he started missing midweek. This is his church, him and his wife's church. He started missing midweek and Sunday services at the mission and devoted little time to prayer and Bible study with the inevitable result that his relationship with God began to suffer. As his faith cooled, Polly, now burdened with pastoring the church alone, became more fervent. As her zeal contrasted starkly with his spiritual indifference, it began to irritate him intensely. His innate weakness, his volcanic temper, impatience, tactlessness, previously held at bay by godly self-control became more pronounced. He's bringing in the money, but at what cost? At what cost? Most people don't know about this portion of the the story in his life. He began to backslide because of a business. He began to backslide because of a business. No doubt this business, they were working with many, uh, they didn't have revelation, you know, of um, necessarily prosperity the same way that he had kind of even developed into later on in his years. Uh, But he, at at the expense of even his marriage, Money began to take precedence. And no doubt, you're seeing poverty all around you. How good is it to be able to have money? You know, if you want to bless, I'm not saying he was stingy with it. I'm just saying money became first place instead of what was his development 
and him and his wife's development in the plan of God for their life. Irritable and uh, taciturn, he became critical and difficult to please. Polly's refusal to be provoked and retaliate only in uh, instance and more and until matters came to a head one night. And uh, this may be a different story. It may be the same story. I don't know. But basically she goes, when the story goes that she went to church, many people don't know, she didn't go to just serve in ministry of help. She went to preach. She went to preach. It was late and Polly had not still returned from a service at the mission at Victor Road. Wigglesworth waited impatiently, brooding and mulling over what he was going to say to his all too independent wife. As she quietly tiptoed into the house, she was suddenly confronted by her husband, his face contorted with pen of anger. I'm the master of this house and I'm not having you come home so late at hours as he roared. But in Mary Jane Wigglesworth, he had met his match. Undaunted with steely courage, she quietly but firmly replied, I know you're my husband, but Christ is my master. This apparent display of defiance enraged Wigglesworth, who grabbed hold of his wife, manhandled her out the back door, slamming it shut, possibly accompanied by some choice oaths. In his haste, however, Wigglesworth had forgotten that the front door was unlocked, and thus Polly went around the side of the house, came in through the front door laughing. Wigglesworth... Wigglesworth attempted to remain stern-faced, but her mirth was infectious, and despite himself, he found himself laughing at absurdity of the situation. Rather than nagging and controlling her husband, Polly persisted in praying for him, and in the months ahead, she gently guided him towards rediscovering the love and devotion he had once had for God. It was a long, arduous journey that really tested her faith in their marriage, and Wigglesworth battled back from the brink of spiritual destruction but resulted in his realization that there were areas of his life that had not been yielded to God. The business was not yielded to God. So I'm talking to those of you who have businesses or have high demands where you are, you have to yield it to God. Yield it to God. Because if Smith Wigglesworth, the mighty man of miracles, raising those from the dead, had an opportunity through success, you see that it was an opportunity through success, not failure, an opportunity through success to derail his call, his life, and through finances. How much could each one of us, right? And that's what I say, and that's what he recognized, and Paulie was praying for. She wanted to see his development in God, not just the business succeed. No doubt, many of us, we're, we're so much further ahead in this understanding of prosperity. But that's why the Spirit of God said to me, it's not just about calling for it, it's about developing for it. Smith Wigglesworth didn't have to call for all the increase that he received. But no doubt God blessed him because they had been faithfully doing what God had told them to do. So there was a promotion, but the promotion ended up in his backsliding. Be mindful. Let's be on. Let's, what I want to say with that is, as God begins to increase us and increase you in your business, let us be to the place of development where we always keep. Him is our first love. And as you could see with their marriage, you could understand uh, that those, obviously his wife around him could see and could take note. Keep people close to you. 
that will help you. That will, as the as increase in it, that you're stirring one another in the true vision of why you you set out to pursue what you did to begin with. The the first love, the first vision. Because I tell you what, God is endeavoring to take us first. He's endeavoring to promote us first. He's wanting to increase you first. He is not looking to line up more partners and more of those just so we can take a back seat and say, praise God, look what he's doing with, you know, Dufresne Ministries. He is looking first to flow through us as we develop in him. Amen? So we'll, we'll, we'll keep, I think, with some of these things in the next few weeks in developing uh, ourselves. And, and remember, it's how to think. It's how to think, not just what to think. If I tell my child, if they're facing something, and I just tell them, don't do this, but I don't teach them, you know, don't reach your hand up and touch the stove. Don't do that. And I never tell them, how to think about the stove. The stove could be hot. Honey, the stove could be warm. The stove could burn you. I'm teaching them how to think, how to logically go, wait a second, that could be hot. I'm not going to put, it's not just no, 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 no. It's not just about memorizing scriptures. Meditation is, memorization and meditation are not the same thing. Call us those things and be not as though they were. Speak to the mountain. We've all got it memorized. But what about a meditation in him? This is what uh, Solomon asked for. Wisdom was his meditation. God's wisdom was his meditation. As we meditate on God's word, and we'll, we'll get more into that, as he meditated in his word, that's when he developed for those greater levels of increase. Amen? Amen. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.